had an opportunity, some of us pastors, to go to the Ambassador Hotel, which is downtown L.A., and uh, Robert Kennedy was the speaker speaking on some topic. I don't remember exactly what it was, but he spoke, and when he finished speaking, uh, I was up pretty close to the front, and uh, he walked out, and as he walked out, I, I walked to join him, and uh, security wasn't that strong in that day, but I guess they saw me and it wasn't a word anyway. <laughs> but I walked with him down that hallway of the Ambassador Hotel, and as we were walking, I asked Robert Kennedy, I said, uh, can I have your autograph? And so I handed him a piece of paper, and he gave me his autograph. Well, it was, a, I think, the next year that he was in that same hotel, in that ambassador hotel where he was assassinated by Sirhan Sirhan. So that uh, hotel had some significance uh, also that way. Uh, Ronald Reagan. After Ronald Reagan uh, left office, he was living in California. He, he often attended the, the Bel Air Presbyterian Church in Bel Air. And uh, when I wasn't preaching a few times, I would go to that church and uh, see... Uh, President Reagan there knew where he sat. He sat right by the aisle, about four rows in, and we would sit across the aisle from him. And as we were leaving uh, the service, uh, I said to my granddaughter, Danielle, I said, uh, go shake his hand. So she went and, and shook the hand of Ronald Reagan, Peyton Manning. Some of you wouldn't know older folks, but he is the star quarterback for the Denver Broncos. And a couple years ago, I had the opportunity to be with the Broncos in their hotel in Boston for a game that was in Boston. And I went to the chapel service, and, and I sat next to Peyton Manning. Uh, just a couple of months ago, I'd written Peyton a letter and he responded by sending me an autographed, uh, uh, autographed picture. So I got an autograph of uh, Robert Kennedy, of Peyton Manning, and my um, granddaughter uh, shook the hand of uh, former President Reagan. Now, what is this all saying? What it's saying is that we, we like the personal touch. We especially with celebrities for some reason or another. We, we like that, that, that personal touch, that one-on-one. That -on -one. Here in a worship service, we try and get a little of that one-on-one -on -one touch. Uh, we will uh, greet one another as we do, so we have an opportunity to uh, kind of go one-on-one. -on -one. But now we're kind of in mass. But if I go one-on-one -on -one with Brother Don here, it's a lot closer, and if I stay here the whole time, he's going to listen. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but we, we love the uh, personal touch, the one-on-one the, uh, -on -one experience that we can have. Well, Jesus is that kind of person. He is a one-on-one -on -one Jesus. He relates to us personally one-on-one. -on -one. And we see that in so much of uh, his ministry, his teaching, for example, the, the parables, the, the parable of the hundred sheep. Uh, one of the sheep is lost, 
And the shepherd goes to find the one out of the 99. And the verse says there's rejoicing in heaven over one who returns. There's the 10 coins. One coin is missing. The lady is frantic, wants to find that one to coin. She sweeps, she turns her lantern on, she's looking feverishly for the one coin. Again, it says, heaven rejoices in one that comes. We see it also in the lost son. And, and Pastor Scott's going to be taking this particular parable when he gets back, and we see how they're the one lost son and how the father waits and waits patiently for just that one lost son to return. The calling of the disciples, it's usually a one-on-one -on -one thing. Jesus calls, and then there is a response by the disciple. Miracles. Most of his miracles are one-on-one -on -one engagements, somewhere he fed the 5,000 and so forth, but most of them are one-on-one. -on -one. We see that uh, here in Mark, uh, this little girl who is sick, 12-year-old girl, she dies, and uh, Jesus goes, and there, there's a beautiful uh, verse there about that. He says, he took her by the hand. After she had died, he, he took her by the hand, and then the healing came to that little girl. In our passage uh, this morning, we see that kind of thing going on. It, it's, uh, it's a one-on-one -on -one encounter that this woman has with Jesus. And she, we're going to look around at what she does, but uh, there's, uh, there's a touch, not much, but such a touch. And we're going to look at that uh, in our uh, study of this passage, and we'll move, we'll move through the passage so that you can follow it along as you have it on your outline also, looking first at her trial. And a key word in there, and it's, it's mentioned three times as we read that passage of Scripture, is, is the word suffering, suffering, physically. She has a trial going on in her life. She suffered and it says she suffered a great deal. Twelve years, a flow of blood, a continuous hemorrhaging, and women would know more about this kind of thing, but there was this continual flow of blood that she had. Physically, she was afflicted by this condition, and it says that she suffered a great deal. Not only did she suffer physically, but she suffered medically. Nothing would help her. The Scripture says that she went to the doctors and there was no cure by many doctors. In fact, she, she grew worse. So she was, she was suffering physically. She was suffering medically. She was also suffering, in the third place, financially. This passage tells us that she spent everything that she had. Doctor after doctor, she spent everything that she had. Not only that, but she was suffering in another way, religiously. She suffered religiously. How's this? Well, she was, she was an outcast. 
She wasn't allowed into the religious ceremonies, into the religious temple. She was an outcast because of this particular condition that she was undergoing. So here she is suffering physically and medically and financially and religiously. Certainly, she was suffering emotionally. Everything seemed to be going against her. No doubt she was discouraged. No doubt she was feeling at the end of her rope. Emotionally, she was in a turmoil, suffering, suffering, physically, medically, financially, religiously, and emotionally. That word suffering, as, as I thought about that word as, as we see it here, she suffered. Uh, in my 50 years of ministry, that's a word that has had more interaction with me as a pastor than uh, I think any other word, suffering. I remember I was just a young pastor in Colorado Springs. <clears throat> And the, one of the first calls that I got was from the Colorado Highway Patrol. And they called me to uh, tell me that there had been a, a death of, of one of our members. It was, a, it was a young man. He died unexpectedly of a heart attack, and he was in Alamosa. And I don't know how the Highway Patrol got my name, but they said, would you go and notify the wife and the mother, three children, three little girls, six and under. Suffering. Another one who had a, a daughter in that church, uh, a daughter who married and later on abusive husband, and uh, the daughter was murdered. Suffering. Sicknesses over and over again, terminal illnesses dealing with, broken relationships, husbands and wives, children, so much heartache, so much suffering. And I know in the uh, 15 years that I've been associated with the river, mostly with the seniors, I know of the suffering, the suffering that this congregation has gone through in many, many different ways, sometimes tragically. The word suffering, we know that word. We know it intimately. Every person here knows it. Every family knows it. We as a congregation know it. Suffering. Well, what are we to do? Well, I, I love what... Uh, this woman did, and she had, she had the faith to go to Jesus, to touch him. Su such a touch, but what a touch it was. Look at, look at that touch for a few minutes. First of all, it was, it was an individual touch. She personally touched Jesus. This was an individual touch touch. Remember, this is remarkable. 
because the Bible tells us in, in the passages that relate this story is that the crowds were pressing in. One translation even says that they were almost crushing Jesus. So he's in the midst of this crowd that's crushing in, and yet this woman wants that individual touch where she could get through and touch Jesus. You know, when we think about faith, uh, faith, first of all, is an individual thing. It's, it's, it's an individual thing that, that you and I need to have. We can be sitting here in this place, but ultimately, it's an individual thing. It's a personal thing between you and the Lord. A physical engagement with him spiritually. Think about that for a minute. Individually. And then have one little time of prayer where you think you and the Lord. No one else. Not the person next to you. This is the individual thing that this this lady had. Just I just want to be one-on-one -on -one with him. I just want to touch the edge of his garment. Take a moment. You've got a need, a prayer, something special. One-on-one. -on -one. That's what it's about. Pray with me. So there's this individual aspect of our, our faith. As we look at this, this touch, we see that her touch was also an intentional touch. It was an intentional touch. She, she knew exactly what she wanted to do. She was determined, and that's why she could fight her way through that crushing crowd. She she knew what she wanted to do. Intentionally, she made her way to Jesus. In the Matthew account, it says in the original language that she kept on saying to herself, if, if I just touch him, if I, if, if I can just touch him, if I can, if I can just touch him, Oh, if I can just touch him. She, she kept saying that over because it was her intention to get to him no matter what. I think there's another thing about faith that we learn here that, you, you know, uh, we just don't drift into faith. We need to actively uh, pursue it. We need to, as Jesus says in Luke, make every effort, 
every effort to enter in through the narrow door. I wonder how much effort we put into our relationship with the Lord. How much energy. This woman had all the energy she could put into getting through that crowd to get to the Lord. How much energy do we put? How much energy do we put in a worship service so that we can really worship to get in touch? How much energy? How much effort? How much effort in our own personal lives day by day to stay in touch, to have that closeness with, with the Lord, that energy, the intentionality is another aspect of our faith. Not only is it an individual matter, but there needs to be an intentionality about it in our own lives. What else do we see about this, this touch? In the third place, it was an intelligent touch. She knew that she wanted to touch just his garments. That's all. Just the edge of her garment, of the garment. May have been a tassel on the garment. We're not sure. Probably not. Probably all she wanted to do was, was to get through knowing that she could just touch a little bit of that garment of Jesus, and she would get the blessing. I see here another aspect of our faith that's, that's so necessary. You see, faith, faith is, it's not absurd. It's not blind. It's not like a shot in the dark. Well, I'll give it a try sort of thing. No, it's, it's intelligence. We know the Bible says what faith is? It's the assurance, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Paul says, I know, I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. I know, assurance, conviction, knowing. Now, we know that there is the heart that needs to be in touch but we also have to know. We have to know. We have to know who the Lord is. We have to know his word. We have to know and believe the teaching of the scriptures. We need to know our mind is involved. We're not uninvolved with our thinking. Faith needs to be rational, something that we can Say, I know for sure, for sure, I know she knew that if she somehow could get through to Jesus, something would happen. What else do we see about this uh, touch? Well, it was, it was an inconspicuous touch. It says that she went behind him. Maybe out of embarrassment. Maybe it was so hard to get through all the people there that that's as far as she could get, but she just got to the back and she touched from behind. That teaches me another thing about faith. To come in our faith... You know, we don't need to prove ourselves. 
We don't need to come to defend any credentials that we might have. We don't have any anyway. We just come. Any way we are in our weakness, in our waywardness, in our weariness. However, she came just inconspicuously, just a touch from behind. What a touch. What a touch. And that leads us to the last word, which is just really one word that, that explains this touch, and that is, it was an incredible touch. What an incredible touch. We read that she's healed. Her touch brought her healing. So as we look at this woman and uh, the final thing we want to see about her is that there is her transformation. There's a transformation that takes place in her life. And this verse that tells about that transformation is, is so amazing. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your Suffering. Daughter. Did you, did you notice the word daughter there? She's an outcast. Nobody really wanted to associate with her because of her condition. She's ostracized. She meets Jesus. Daughter. Daughter. The Bible says that as many as received him, to them gave he the right to become children of God. Sons, daughters. That's what Jesus would say to each one of us this morning. We know that... Uh, there's always a lot of suffering going on. There's suffering going on, I, I know, in, in many lives that are in this place. Loss of loved ones, memories of that, broken relationships with, with children, financial needs that, that people have, Emotional needs because of situations that just press down and press down and, and press down. Suffering. I hope we can learn something from this, this story that uh, we want just a touch of the Lord in one way or another. We don't know that there's going to be a physical healing as there was for this woman. But we do know that there is a blessing. When we touch him, there is a blessing just by touching him. He has a blessing for us in our situation. 
How do we touch him? How, how do we touch him? He's not here anymore so she could touch him the way she touched him. How do we touch him? Well, we, we took a little bit ago, a, a little time to, to touch him in prayer. We, we, we always have that throne of grace open to us so that we have free access to, to, to touch him. No crowds to press through. We can just touch him. So we bring our needs to him in prayer. We can touch him here. All through the scriptures, we, we can touch him as we read ab about him and his work of redemption and, and how he moved through history. We can touch him as we, as we read a promise. Cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. We're touching him by reading his word. I, I think we can touch him, too, by acts, acts of love and kindness. Now, we have many opportunities, and we do a pretty good job of this, of reaching out to people in need. You know, when we, we reach out to people in need, that, that we get the blessing, that, that we are actually in that act touching Jesus, doesn't he say in that you've done it to the least of me, of those against me? You've done it unto me? Wow. Acts of love and kindness. We touch him. I think we touch him too when we, when we can gather together and, you know, we ultimately are individuals so that we can become a community. And, and in that community, we can, we can serve together and we're accountable to one another. There's a, there's a touching that goes on in that way also. We can touch him. Touch him. Prayer, scripture, acts of love and kindness, togetherness as we serve. What a joy in our suffering to be able to touch. Well, it may not be much, but it'll be just the touch that we need for his blessing. Let's pray. We thank you for an amazing opportunity to touch you. How is it possible? How is that possible? Yet you've given us the avenue of prayer. You've given us your word. You've given us people to, upon whom we can love and show your kindness and justice. Lord, we thank you for those opportunities. May we often, often, often stretch out our hand of faith to touch you and be blessed. The blessing you have for us. May there be a, a blessing for each one here today, Lord. The blessing that each needs. May your presence be felt. The touch of your touch, even as that woman felt the power 
that you had for her as that power went from you to her. We pray that your power would come into our lives in however way that may be. Bless us with your presence and your care and keeping. In Jesus' name, amen.